0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not financial advice. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Unique Podcast. My name is Joel. And my name is Tracy. And we are your hosts for this podcast. Well, we're back again with another podcast episode. Who would have thought we'd last in this long? But <laughs> <I'm> still <laughs> it's going exciting. strong. Um, But this week we are talking about, all about investment properties. So we kind of did a part one. This is technically the part two. We did a part one um, a couple weeks ago for how to save for your first home. We did. That was awesome. We had a lot of you guys, the listeners, um, send in some questions about investment properties as well. So we're actually gonna answer a few of those questions today. but yeah, well, before we get into that, we have news, news with the, the news. news. So what's, what are, what's been uh, up? What's I was going to ask up? you first. Okay, now you can go first. Ladies first.
1: Ah, uh, ladies first. Okay, well, I've got two bits of news this week. Yep. One is just funny. Um, well, I think it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's
0: relative. <laughs> it's <but>. relative.
1: Reali- <laughs> it's funny to me. I was outside um, looking, looking at our pool and we have this little um, le- oh leaf collector. Gosh. You know what it's going to be. Okay, so we have this little leaf collector that collects all the uh, leaves off the top of the pool. Anyway, so... So I look over and there's this little lizard that's leaning on the disgusting. top. <laughs> He's leaning on the top with his tail and the bubbles are all swirling around. And I actually sent it in our family chat and said, oh, look, here's Lizzie having a spa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was just like, oh, my gosh. This I is know. Mom, I know. Anyway, mom it's,
1: a, it's a mum post and um, it was a bit of fun and I got a good laugh out of it. Yep. Um, The other bit of news was we actually had Father's Day, which was really exciting. Father's Day was exciting. And we happened to have a couple of our kids living in our house, so that made Father's Day good. Yeah. Um, And we were – you know, I remember we were playing Snap – and somebody oh, yeah. snapped my finger so much <laughs> that blood poured out everywhere. Thank <laughs> you, Joel. <laughs> so
0: we're, we're very competitive, but um, we're, yeah, we're playing snap. And then we both just went in at the wrong time. And my ring got caught on her nail and yeah, skin it just and it blood ripped. poured.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so happy Father's bad. Day. But yeah, no, that was that was my news for the, yeah. Other than that, um, life's pretty good.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, but what yeah. You, what have you I'm, been up to? I'm trying to think of it. Uh, I've just, I've literally just been working all week. We've we've got a couple of businesses we're starting at the moment so last gone. couple of weeks ago i talked about one business we're starting now this is the second business we're starting so two businesses that are in the works at the moment but yeah it's very exciting stuff That's, so yeah we'll talk about it, it soon
1: keeping you busy yeah all right let's get this podcast underway yeah okay. so
0: we um once again we're talking about investment properties and um all of these different things we're going to be talking about are just mainly questions that came in from you guys the listeners um so I thought it'd be good to start off with, and I think you could answer this, Mum, yep. the best way. Um, do you wanna explain what an investment property is? Because I'm not making assumptions, but there might be some people out there that have no idea what an investment property is. Yeah. So just okay. explain. Okay. So
1: that. I guess there's there's two properties that you have. You either have an owner occupy, which means that the owner occupies and lives in it, or you have an investment property, whereas people buy a property and then they will put tenants in. So they yeah. will rent it out um, and they do that for gain. So they, they want to gain, you know, like they want to- Most wanna, of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Um, sometimes they don't want to gain yeah. um, for tax purposes, but you know, basically an investment property is something that you're investing in for the future so that you get a return on investment down the track or maybe instantly depending on what type of investment property, which we'll get hmm. into a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah, So that's basically investment property is something that somebody buys yeah. as an investment. Like they would buy into the stock market or they yeah. would invest in something else. So you're investing in property as something to get a return on investment.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people do that to help build their wealth over time. So you even look yeah. at the richest people in the world, like Warren Buffett and all these different people, they also own a massive amount of real estate. So that's yeah. just all investment properties. It could be houses they live into, but at units. the end of the day, they're yeah. all investment properties as well. Yeah, anything um, to do with
1: property, land, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that also, it could mean land. It doesn't mean a house on top no. of that either. No. So well,
1: property is, you know, land, yeah. house, you know, it could be a unit, anything yeah. that people could live in.
0: Yeah, and rent. Um, Okay. Or it could
1: be commercial. Yeah, Sorry, true. I forgot about there that are one. commercial properties. Commercial properties, which is where businesses are run from. So there yeah. is like, you know, obviously investment property comes under you know obviously the residential market as well as the commercial market
0: but a lot of this we'll we'll be discussing more about residential anyway just because most of our listeners are in the residential space but um maybe we could do another episode on commercial because you guys (laughs) i know you guys owned a commercial premises once we did um anyway the next thing i wanted to talk about because this is a very hot topic in the property slash real estate market there are so many mixed opinions about this and like i've talked to property investors i've talked to developers all these different people that are in my network and there is like it's it's like seventy percent believe in this and then thirty percent believe in this and it's just there's and, it, so many and then it ways. switches around yeah so, so yeah. It's, it's like ends up being fifty fifty but um, the thing is positively gearing or negatively gearing do you want to before we talk about our opinions on that yeah <laughs> do, do you want to explain what positively gearing is and then explain what negatively gearing is
1: sure okay so positively geared property is basically um, when you have a property that you've bought or you might have a loan on it and it is actually producing more via the rent than it is actually having to pay out. Yeah. So it is, you know, they refer to it sometimes as a cash cow, so it is something where, you know, you are actually making more money on it and it's not costing you anything, so it's positively yeah. good. So as, you know, regardless of the tax deductions and things like that that you get, yeah. but you know, it can be after the tax deductions and all those sorts of things, but basically this property is producing a income. stream of income for yeah. you. Um, that's what positively geared, negatively geared property is yep. what um, is a property that costs you money to keep going. But mm-hmm. you get some people who are very, very high, um, you know, income earners need a ta- negatively geared property
0: yeah. to,
1: um, you know, offset their tax Yeah, it's
0: a tax deduction. and it's a
1: tax deduction. So, you know, that way they're putting in part of their income. So it might cost them $50 a week. It might cost them yeah. $100 a week. But, you know, that is something that is negatively geared because it actually still costs the, you know, the investor money. Yeah. They have to put money in to top it up. And they might be, you know, there's reasons why people do it. So, you know, but yeah, that's yeah. The di- hopefully that explains the difference between no, positive and negative. Perfect.
0: Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yep. Um, now, what is your opinion on it? I'll, I'll tell oh, my opinion do after, we wanna go?
1: Do you want to go into the next? Uh, do you want to go to that, what my opinion is or do you want to? talk about like, okay. No, nah, right. I think I <laughs> want to hear your opinion.
0: Don't don't, don't get too opinion. shy. Oh, okay. Just be brutal. Again, right, this is not brutal? financial advice. Okay. This is just our opinion. So I want to hear your opinion because I know you have investment properties and you've, yeah. even, you've bought and sold investment properties already and you also own homes. So yeah. I want to hear your professional opinion in this topic because you were a mortgage broker. <laughs> you're technically a property investor yeah, and you're a business owner. So I want to hear yep. your professional opinion on this.
1: Okay. So my our first property ever that we ever had was a um, buy off the plan. And it was negatively geared. And um it was one of the worst investments we ever did. <laughs> it actually got me into mortgage broking because we we sort of got like, yeah. you know, anyway, that's a story on its own. But it was negatively geared. So it actually cost us money every month. We had to find come up with the difference, the gap. So
0: So that was your first investment? That was property. our first
1: investment property. So you had
0: uh, tenants in that house. So you were living somewhere yeah, else. You we had living, tenants somewhere yeah, in that house. It was actually
1: in Queensland. It was yeah. a unit on the water. It was great, looked great but it was still costing us money every, every, every bit. Plus it was an apartment, so it then, you know, didn't have a capital growth that mm-hmm. a house would have, okay? So we we were basically, you know, we had no capital gain and we didn't, you know, um, get, you know, we actually had to keep forking out money to have, say we had our first investment property, mm-hmm. woo So what I have learned in business and in property is that, you um, you know all the other properties that we've had since then and they've been all around australia so they're not just in sydney or queensland yeah. um you know traditionally that's where yeah. people you know invest or melbourne um we've had properties in western australia yeah. um you know in the in the outback that yeah. sort of thing so we've had you know a taste of different you know environments yeah but from that point onwards i actually went and did a seminar and um learnt about positively geared properties and I am very much for positively geared properties because hmm. it actually creates a stream of income and my sort of attitude now and again I may not be popular with everybody out there but yep. you know hey I would rather have a property that's starting to make money for me yeah, and have a stream of income that was coming in yeah. and then having to fork out money for that property all the time yeah, so you know some people like to have that negative like I said there's negatively geared reasons why but yep. for me personally um, I think I would rather have a property that I would, you know, get my property portfolio where it's making me money um, short-term and long-term. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's going to be one of our other things we'll talk about a little bit later yeah. on um, when it comes to that side of things. But yeah, that hopefully that answers your question. No, I think me, I prefer to make money than um, have to keep forking it out for any other reason. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think um, with the, the positively and negatively geared side of things, it's one of those things with taxes that, If you're paying tax, means you're making money. Yeah, exactly. I do understand the negatively gearing for people who are like, one, like you said before, in the highest tax bracket possible and they actually do need tax deductions. Yeah. Because with negatively gearing, yes, you're not making money right now. It might be costing you 50 to 100 bucks a week. Yeah. But there's also capital growth so that property is yeah. still growing you're still technically making money it's just not cash into your bank account.
1: it's usually for, they're usually long-term project but
0: yeah again that really only works for people who have lots of properties or are really high tax um you know, they're in the t- highest tax yeah. bracket because otherwise you're just wasting money uh, someone who's like in the mid-range tax bracket and don't have any property or anything like that you're probably better just to get yourself in the highest tax bracket possible, like with your properties using positively geared, you know, yeah. rather than just negatively well, po- geared.
1: you get tax deductions by having just a property as well, so yeah. you know you get depreciation, which is a whole nother thing, another topic to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> we'll leave that um, next time. <laughs> but but I guess you know, like my suggestion would be is you uh, get advice from your accountant or financial planner. They're yeah. the, they're the two people that you should really speak to about yeah. what is per what is perfect option. I also
0: think it's good to talk to like multiple people about that, not just your one accountant or not just your one financial planner because obviously again like everyone's so biased about these things yeah and i think it's also good to do your own research as well so you can like like how mom said she went to a seminar to figure out what was the best way and obviously that seminar was a little bit biased but you you already knew negatively gearing you knew about positively gearing and i think Um, even other ways now like go on YouTube and you can find YouTubers talking about this stuff and I'm not just talking about YouTubers like filming vlogs and stuff I'm talking about like financial advisors on YouTube there's so many out there that you can listen to I
1: think you just got to be careful not to listen to too many voices that that can actually have an adverse effect too because you can have get so many opinions that you still get like you know you then just don't do anything
0: yeah don't let that not like push you to it
1: yeah but I think I think at the end of the day like you know why I was saying you know talk to your accountant because everybody's everybody's situation is different and you know like if obviously. You need an accountant who, um, my suggestion with an accountant is somebody who helps you to grow and yeah. stretch you and help you, you know, position you to actually go in and invest in property because property is a great investment. Yeah, we've made a lot of money in property, and I think you know that's that's something that I've seen the gain far outweighs, like you know, not doing anything. So, yeah. I think it's important that you, you know, you should be positioning yourself to grow whether it be in your business or whether it be in your personal wealth, there's you know, it's something that you should actually, you know, invest in. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, talk to talk to somebody who knows. I just actually, funny enough, I just got off the phone with um somebody I know who rang me mm. um just from my old broking days and just asked ran some stuff by me and they're wanting to buy a property and, you know, do the whole flipping thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like they they they're talking to me and they're flipping going, a
0: property or they're investing they're,
1: they're gonna buy a property and do it up and flip it. Oh, okay, cool. And so that's a whole another thing as yeah, well. Yeah, flipping properties. Um, flipping properties, a lot but more you expenses, know, it's it's again, it's an investment into actually getting a property and turning it around and making yeah. money on it. So there's lots of avenues you can make money with property. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's what suits you and what your level of commitment is. Because some people are not good at, you know, maybe flipping a property or maybe you know buying something that you know it's going to put them you know financially stressed. You know, having a negatively geared yeah, property. Yeah. Where other people, you know, it is harder to find positively geared properties. Not impossible.
0: Yeah, it's never impossible. Never you can, impossible. Even in markets like all this, things are possible, you can find positively geared properties. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think the next thing I wanted to talk about was using equity from your homes to buy other homes. Now, yeah, this is something that I'm talking to you about all the time, and even like we're you talking are. to mortgage brokers <laughs> about all the time, and. Like what's your take on that? Have you used equity before to buy other homes? And yeah, how does it work? Absolutely. From your mortgage broker point of view too.
1: Okay, so um, I guess, you know, using equity um, from your property is a great way to actually expand your portfolio really quick. So I know that, you know, like years ago, we actually had um, our, like we had um, our property, like our owner occupied home. And because the market grew so quickly, we all, all all of a sudden had a lot of equity. And equity is the amount that you own of the property. Yeah. Okay. So not that the bank owns; it's the equity that you own. Yeah. All right. So you, if you've got a house and it's worth, let's say, a million dollars, yeah. And then the bank owes half a million, mm-hmm. and then you own the other half. That other half is, is that equity. equity. So you have
0: five hundred thousand in equity, and, and you owe five hundred thousand to the bank
1: yeah and the and the house is worth a million dollars. yeah. so that way, that equity, what you can do is we've talked a, a little bit with the first homeowners about eighty 20 lens
0: mm-hmm. and
1: eighty twenty lens are, you know that's your what they call your LVR, your loan ratio value. and that is when um you have a um, a property that you know you want to borrow against. So you have that five hundred thousand, you want to take it up to an eighty percent lend. Yep. So you've got about Which three, means you
0: own 20% of the property and the bank owns 80%. That's That's what 80-20 right. means. So
1: you want to borrow. So you've got 500 on your owner Occupy and let's say, I'm just doing round numbers to yeah, help yeah. people. And then 300,000 um, to use to go and buy investment properties. So you could actually buy maybe one or two. And that's what we did. We basically took that, that little gap that we had of equity when the market yep. expanded and our property value went up we went and bought a number of properties for those. Now, what we used for those is that became our deposit for other properties.
0: Yeah, and with that, you're saying, so for someone to use their equity, it's not like, let's say you have 500,000 equity, you can't just use 500,000. You can only, you have to leave like 20% of your property value in that equity. In your house, And then anything else is, so let's say you had 50% equity, you can only use 30% of that equity. That's correct. Always have to leave 20%. Yeah. yeah. So just if, to yeah. clarify if anyone missed that as well. Yeah. But so yeah,
1: yeah it's a, it's an 80/20 rule, yeah. so you know that's the best way and then you know you can use those that that 300,000 that we've got out of that million dollar property, you can use that to go and buy another property or you might be able to split that and use 150 yeah. to buy another property over here and that's your deposit. So that could be your 20% on a lower lower valued property somewhere else in another state or something like yeah. that. So that's a good way and you might, you know, again, then you're looking at buying whether you buy positive or negative and that sort of stuff and And it depends on your income. So you've got to look at all those things.
0: And does the mortgage broker help you with getting the equity out or how how does that work? Absolutely.
1: So your mortgage broker or, you know, if you do go to direct to the banks, the banks are the ones that will set up. So you might set your, you'll have, you know, your home loan and then you'll have another loan on top of it, which would, could be then used as an investment loan and then that is where you you know you might yeah, like okay. like for example ours you know used to be a line of credit that we could just pull that money out and go and buy something with it yeah um, and cool. use that as a deposit, and then you would get a loan on that house. But you yeah. would put the twenty percent in and get a loan for eighty percent. That way, yeah. you didn't pay mortgage insurance. <laughs> so it can be a little bit smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely using equity um, for you know for you know expanding your portfolio. And the younger you are, the better it is. Yeah. Obviously, you know. You oh start, yeah, I
0: didn't know about this, but do you yeah. really explain that thirty well, year thing?
1: Yeah. So like when you're younger. Um, you know, most lenders will give you, you know, t- between twenty five to thirty years. Yep. So the older you get, um, it becomes a lot harder to get loans because they sort of feel like you can't you know, work for another you, thirty you, you years. You can't so. work for another thirty years, so yeah. they want the banks want you to pay that back quicker. So then they start reducing it to twenty to tw- you know to fifteen years, depending yep. on your you know how old you are. So that's something to consider. Um, you know sometimes when you're young you know you really should knuckle down and um, that's always my advice knuckle down, save and get at least one property and then start looking at how you can build your portfolio Yeah. Um, you know sometimes before you have children or you know nothing should stop you doing it it doesn't matter the age
0: but again like if you're young right now and you're listening to this like there is no reason why you can't start saving and putting money aside for property in the future
1: and even if you're older like you know don't let it be something that stops you find a way um, to, to move forward. I think that's always, that's always important. Like, you know, there are circumstances and, you know, there's lots of reasons why you don't, but sometimes people just don't have a go at doing it or exploring the avenue of if they could do it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah.
0: All right. So the, the question we had from one of our listeners was, how do I know whether it's better to rely on rental income or capital, capital growth? So this was a question that I read and I was like, hold on, I think I need someone to Talk about this and explain it a little bit more. So go ahead.
1: Okay. All right. So the difference between rental income is a bit like what I was talking about before about a property being cash cow. Mm-hmm. So a property that is creating, um, you know, has a good rental return. Yeah. So you know, I would say that would probably be technically a positively geared property. So they're looking at buying. Do I buy that or do I buy a property that's got capital growth? Yeah. Now usually you find if a property is cash positive, they don't have a tendency to be, um, in you know, like. It's more of a slow burn and it's not usually a quick capital growth where if you've got a property that you might buy, um, you know, for example, when you build a property, you've got capital growth really quickly because you've built that property. And so that has got a higher, you know, but then your rent might be dollar for dollar or it might be negative. So, you know, but the capital growth in that area will be a little bit lot, you know, you're in it for the capital growth. So it depends on your circumstances. So bottom line is which is better? It depends on your circumstances. So, for example, if you need cash, then you're better to buy a positively geared property. Plus, you know what I think about property anyway. And then opposite, you know, for capital growth, don't get me wrong. I love capital growth too. And that's why I've built properties. So, depending on what I'm looking for is what I would go. So, if I want something to get a stream of income, I'd buy a positively geared property. If I wanted capital growth, I probably would actually build. Yeah. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, no, it does. So you're pretty yeah. much saying
0: like it's it's case by case again and it's like if you need cash now and you need to like you're trying to look at building another source of income through property, yeah. Then positively geared rental income is the best way is to do that way. at the moment yep. for property. And then if you're looking at you're not needing income right now, you're just looking at long term, like the next ten year plan kind of thing. Yeah. Um then Obviously, capital growth is the best way for that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and you can you can get a bit of cash in, and then you can also find
0: the balance in between. Sometimes you can find a really like absolutely awesome again cash cow. (laughs) Yeah, you can find gems that you've got the you've got the the rental income coming in positively geared, and you've also got great capital growth. You
1: have to you just have to persevere in looking, and sometimes it takes a little while. And
0: don't say yes to any anything that comes across. Yeah,
1: watch the watch the ones that like pull out something out of a bag and go, oh, I've got a deal for you. It's going to cost off you 50 the, bucks a week. Off, yeah. the, off the plan. Just yeah. watch those ones. That's all I'm saying. Do your, do your sums, yeah. okay? Talk to your
0: accountant, talk to your mortgage broker and do your own research. Like learn about what Definitely. you're doing. That's something Learn that,
1: about what you're investing in.
0: Yeah, it's something it's that I've so learned from important. you. Like you you wanted to learn more about mortgage broking so you didn't get screwed over so you became a mortgage broker. Obviously, you don't need to go to that extreme. (laughs) But you can learn about these different things to make sure you're not getting screwed over and ask all the questions.
1: Exactly. Okay, so I'm going to ask the next question. Yep. Should I rent out uh, via an agency or um, should I rent it out as an Airbnb? Mm. Good question.
0: Well, the thing with Airbnbs are that most of the time, I'd say about 90% of the time, you can do your own research on this as well, but Airbnbs are very seasonal. So if let's say you buy something in like up near the coast, right? That property is going to be awesome during summer. Like if you Airbnb it, right? You get really good quality photos done. Or well, do, during right, COVID because nobody can travel. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> not during COVID, But in the sense of like, let's say COVID doesn't exist and you've got investment properties up near the coast. Yeah. Everyone's going on holidays during summer, right? So you've got the property up there that's during summer, it's doing really well. But when it comes to winter, no one's up the coast. No one's doing anything up there. No one's traveling for holidays so that's where the airbnb side can be a big downside you can it's a very seasonal amount of income you do find that people all over the internet that talk about like i made eighty thousand dollars this month for my airbnbs and all that stuff but you just got to remember that sometimes that is a seasonal thing they might make it for the for the first three four months during summer but then winter comes around and it's the cold season and they're not making any money and they're actually having to fork out that money so It's one of those things that Airbnb is a little bit riskier in the sense of it's not cash flow positive in the sense of there's not money coming in every month. It's very seasonal, but renting out via an agency or getting like a property manager or renting it out yourself, I think is probably the better option for the people who are just starting out. I don't think Airbnb is the best way to start out. I
1: think you've got to understand Airbnb and how it works, and yeah. you've got to be confident that you've got good connections there. That's that's my thing with Airbnb.
0: And you're confident with your marketing skills. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think um, the other thing with agencies, they're you know they've got accountability, and you yeah. know what, all agencies are not great. Like we've had to swap agencies in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's again, you know, go back to my test and measure, um, making sure that you know you're getting. I've got a great agent that I use. You know, they ring me about everything. They, you know, like, yeah. you know, they ring me about the important things, not everything. Yeah. But you know, um, they communicate really well. So for me, you know, a, a good agent is someone who communicates effectively, keeps me up to date, does the inspections, knows all the rules and regulations, and makes sure, you know, um, what you know what's happening. So I think when you can't be like, if you know, I'm not in, I'm not in Queensland, so I've got somebody local looking after. Um, my property there who, yeah. you know, looks after it. And I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Like you having the property having, manager side of things. And
1: it distances you because, you know, I have heard many, many stories about people renting out properties to people they know oh, and yeah. then it going belly up because the people haven't done the right thing, haven't looked after the property. And yeah. it's like, it's wrecked friendships, it's wrecked family.
0: It's like that, hiring people, you know, it's the same kind of thing when you bring people yeah. close to you like that, when it comes to money inside of things, like it, it gets a bit funny. I think
1: you just need to be professional and I mean, you know, all the all the sort of, you know, seminars that I've done, they've always said, like, you know, get it's worth paying one, it's a tax deduction anyway. Pay someone to look after it for you because then you've got all the rules in place. You've yeah. got protection. And this is what it is. It's about having protection. Yeah. to make sure that your your investment is looked after properly. So that's yeah. my advice anyway. And that they
0: um, have the right tenants and good tenants in because most of the time these people can also source the tenants for you. 100%. So like, let's well, say they your do, tenants job. yeah, your yeah. tenants finish up or they're coming to the end of the lease and they're going to renew, they yep. help sort the next tenants for you. So that's where like for you I've seen it with your one of yeah. the properties you've got that like the tenants were finishing up and they were moving over and you just got new ones in straight away. And it didn't really, nothing really caused you any drama. It was all sorted by them.
1: (laughs) Well, we have had one where we had to get rid of a tenant, which was a bit awkward.
0: um, But they helped you with that process as well.
1: They did did it all for us. We did nothing. We just, they just rang us to tell us what was happening. And um, it was, that was one of the reasons why we changed the agency because we found that somebody had put in, um, when they did the photos of, of the thing, They'd put a spa bath in the backyard, mm. and um, it wasn't fenced off, which is against regulations. So you know, fine. so we yeah. we we as the property owner would have actually we will be liable yeah so you know it's really good to have someone who knows the rules and regulations and can enforce them on your behalf yeah and and you know like you pay for what you get guys as well true
0: true very true yeah but yeah so i think at the end of the day it's there's more consistent income coming when you have it through an agency than through airbnb airbnb is a little bit riskier but it depends on the location yeah yeah it's all location based all right um the other question from someone was downsides of investment properties what's a, what's a downside
1: <laughs> a downside off is the if top you,
0: of my head i can't think of any but
1: i think if you can't afford it and you're not ready to do it yeah then well, that yeah. is a downside let's you know? just say
0: that you can afford it and you don't have an issue with buying the property what's the downside to that
1: uh well circumstances can change and you can have a property and y- your circumstances change and you need to sell that property quickly yeah and it's not in a pro and not in an you've bought it in an area that you know, is not selling
0: well. Low capital growth. So, yeah, yeah. low
1: capital growth and it's not selling. So, yeah. you know, that could be a downside to having the investment property. I think it's always reading and looking and understanding the market. Yeah, I know we bought one in Western Australia at one stage and we were just reading the market. We bought in, we got, you know, huge capital growth because we got a, a tip from um, somebody else who'd bought in there, which yeah, was yeah. really great. Um, And then we knew that it was coming up time that we should sell it. You know, like I look back now and I think I wish I'd kept all the properties that we ever had. Everyone says that. You know, know, retrospect is a wonderful thing. Um, What I know now is very different to what I knew then. But at the the same time, you know, um, somebody gave me a bit of advice was sell before it peaks Mm -hmm. so that you leave a little bit in the game for the next person coming along. And that way it sells well and it Mm -hmm. sold quick. And we needed it to sell quick at the time. And it did. And yeah. so what happened was, you know, we had left a little bit in the pot for the next person. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, for us that was, you know, it got us a quick sale. Mm-hmm. But then they they were going to make on it as well. So it was a bit of a win-win situation. And yeah. I think for me personally, that's how that's I... That's all
0: personal preference. That's yeah.
1: yeah, that's how I do business. I like to win. I like to be a win-win. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was the, you know... I
0: think another downside could be like maintenance costs. I think I've heard of some horror stories from people that... Or this is actually one too. Um, sometimes they don't do enough due diligence on the property and they find like, let's say there's a pipe issue in the, in the ground, like there's a sewage issue underneath it or they built on something that they shouldn't have been yeah. built on in the first place and all these different regulation things that can come up. I've well, heard stories all, about yeah. that. Yeah, but some people don't do due diligence and this is why you need to really make sure that when you're buying something, you, you check everything. do your everything. pest and
1: building inspections yeah. and have a good guy. Yeah, like you
0: termites know. could be a massive thing as well. Like if it's built with um, timber, then yeah. you don't check your walls or anything like that or you don't do your pest inspections. You just you can buy really, it. You, you can really screw yourself over and that can be a massive downside to property investments and can really turn you away from investing.
1: Yeah, I know a person who bought a property and they didn't do that and yeah. then they found termites cost them you know and then they couldn't get out of the contract they had to go ahead but then they had to spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and then
0: it ended up becoming negatively geared
1: (laughs) it was very negatively geared pretty much straight away so you know that can be really disappointing so that would be definitely a downside not doing your due due diligence
0: yeah
1: um and checking pest and building inspections um and make sure that you get somebody who's reliable not someone who just ticks the box and says here i'm charging you for this but i actually haven't done yeah i haven't i haven't done the proper job so make sure you get somebody who's reliable to do that yeah um okay next question yeah
0: so it says can i use investment properties to build enough equity to later move into a house in sydney so some people are always saying sydney's too expensive i can't afford it this area is too expensive I can't afford it but I want to live there like and that's a very realistic thing and it is a normal thing that happens at the moment like Sydney oh, is a very expensive area any capital yeah and it's like even like in America that. like la is in a very very expensive area now but like you can buy the same thing for the same or something for the same price but you get a mansion in Texas like it's yeah. similar here in the sense of Sydney is so expensive it's not overpriced I don't think it's overpriced I think it's expensive uh,
1: it's all relative to yeah. what you're looking for so like at the end of the day I would say, um, if you want, if your dream is to, this is, this is, you know, like I guess my strategy is if your dream is to live in, in a city yep. by the water. Okay. So let's take that Kiribili. as an example. Kirribilli for argument's sake. If that was your dream, sometimes you actually have to start, you know, you might have to start out in the burbs.
0: Yeah. And then suburbs, work. by the way. Okay. That's sorry. Aussie that's <laughs>
1: <an> Aussie <laughs> <call>. <laughs> the burbs. Okay. So start, you start out in the, in the suburbs and you work your way in. Yeah. It was like, you know, we wanted to start, we wanted to live where we're living now. And yep. then, um, you know, we, we built further out and yep. then worked our way in to where we wanted to be. Yeah. So that would be something that I think, you know, um, or you buy, you know, start buying lots of investment properties. Yeah would be the other strategy that you could use. Yeah. Um, you know. And I would buy cash-positively-geared cash yeah, positively properties. positively-geared
0: properties. Like, let's say you buy a bunch in other states that are super cheap. So, like, Queensland used to be a lot cheaper than Sydney. Ah, yeah. There are some areas in Queensland that have gone up. But, like, they used to be houses for half the price that they yeah. are in Sydney. And so there still are at the moment. But um, people use that to... That's kind of what this question is about, like, using investment properties to buy in Sydney. So, yeah. I think some people do it that way and they rather than buying in Sydney they rent in Sydney so they use their let's say they've got four investment properties and that's paying them enough that it's pretty much paying for their rent so at the end of the day they end up breaking even they're not making money from their investments except for capital growth they're making money from their day job but they're using that money to pay for their living at let's say if
1: keep in mind if that was if they were positively geared properties their capital growth so it's going to be a bit of a slow burn
0: oh yeah of course so you're
1: going to have you know five to ten years before that is going to you know they're going to have equity in there unless you're reinvesting the the difference yeah. back in and paying your mortgage. But they wouldn't down. be
0: because they'd be paying it for the rent. So that's right. That's, so you, yeah.
1: it is one of those tricky things where I think um, you know, the best thing is like, you know, speak to a mortgage broker about how you can do it and get a plan in. I used to yeah. do that all the time with with, you know, I'd say, okay, well what is your goal? Yeah. So sometimes like for, you know, argument's sake, I was talking to somebody the other day who was telling me their journey and mm. You know, they want to particularly move into a particular area and they want yeah. to buy into that area. So another way of doing it is, yes, you can buy out and move in. The Another way is you can actually buy the, you know, the, these guys have the facility to build. He's a mm-hmm. builder. So he is going to buy the worst house in the street of yeah. where he would love to live and do it up. And then he'll get the house, um, you know, that he, his dream house will become that dream house in that street. And that is quickly getting, that'll have a huge capital gain yeah, because they can rebuild um, and they're doing it themselves. Or yeah. you can, you know, you can estimate how much money and get subcontractors in to do it. Yeah, yeah. But that's another way, build up, a, you know, like, you know, cosmetically, yeah. fix a house like buy the worst house and then the wife, fix yeah, it, so exactly. It has exactly
0: equity but yeah there, there are different ways but again like i think if it, like what you said back to the basics of it if you want to get into a certain area like let's say you want to live in um kirribilli or somewhere in the city that's a really nice area that's too expensive for you at the moment the best way is to just build your like do it slowly like slowly don't don't freak out and just go rent and then you don't have any any backing of anything like you need you need to have investment properties or like a financial backing before you just go put yourself out there or buy something that's like a ridiculous price and you can't afford it and you have to default on loans like yeah you don't want to ever default
1: on any of your loans but i think sometimes like i think people want to you know they want the lifestyle but Mm. they have to be prepared to do the work and sometimes it takes time yeah, of course. And that's not to say that it's not achievable. It's all achievable if you want to do it. Like we, we travelled, you know, an hour and a quarter yeah. into the city every every, you know, every day there and then an hour and a quarter back every day. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be an hour and a half now in traffic. But yeah. you know, like if, if we did we did that to buy the property, you know, out further yeah. to get the capital gain that we needed because we bought in a high growth area so it yeah. built really quickly and then that enabled us to do the next house then yeah. that enabled us to do the next house so i think you know you you've sometimes these goals are not just overnight but you've got to start planning you've yeah. got to start looking at what you can achieve but if, if you want to live in inner city yeah then what you might do is start out further or get those investment properties to increase your cash flow but you don't wanna be paying high rents. Yeah. With no you know, like not and not being yeah, able to save anything. Yeah, that's the thing I'm trying to To get. be able to buy. And I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. like
0: you don't you don't wanna go rent something that one you can only just afford or and you've got nothing behind you, like you've got nothing to fall you've back on. Like you got no, you've, got yeah. money, yeah. you've
1: got to be able to save it. You've got to be able to save
0: money and you've gotta
1: be able to like, you know, leverage because you know it's really when it comes down to when you can buy a property is what you can service a property
0: yeah and at the end of the day as well like we know some people that have Sold their property to go live in like a certain area, and that's fine as well. Like they're using their the money that they sold from their property to go live in the area that they want to go in. But Maybe they're not. To see. They're not. Yeah, but they're not. They're seeing if they they want to live there first. But they're also not going to let that money sit there. They're going to reinvest it somewhere else in the meantime, yeah. or they're going to use it to go buy an investment property. Like they that's, use that's, that's, that's stem- again like yeah. they use their house to get them to where they want to go to. So they're kind of doing the the system that you talked about, like yeah, buying a house Move outside. Out. And then move, move in. in so it's it's yeah sometimes it's just a slower process but yeah for the people that want to know where they live exactly in the city then you just got to work towards it
1: yeah you got to find a strategy that works for you within yeah. your framework of earning inco- the income that you earn as well yeah and how can you get other streams of income is there something else you can do to bring in other income that helps you so be able to service that yeah so it, there, there's lots of little parts that make the whole process happen so yeah. we've only touched on you know I, like, know, this is
0: I a, it's it's probably a long podcast now but like it's such a there's oh, it's so such, many different aspects of this so again like it's if so you, involved yeah <laughs> like we had so, from the first part of this so if you haven't listened to the first part about saving for your first home go listen to that one i think it was episode four um or episode three but make sure you listen to that one because we talked about a lot of things about saving and how to even get there like the amount of the deposit and all those yeah. different factors Um, But if you do have more questions about investing or about property investing, like send us messages. If you have our numbers, text us. But if you've got our Instagrams, you can head over to those. They're in the description of the podcast and send us all the questions you have and we'll do our best to do our own research and talk to our connections of people. And we're both both in the property market, so we kind of understand have an understanding about this. But yeah, make yeah. sure you send us questions because we love helping people. Well,
1: hopefully, we've answered those four questions yeah. that have been sent in today, and I think we've you know answered them to the best of our ability yeah. in in the time frame that we have had. Obviously, there's so much more. Property is such a big topic. Yeah, finances are such a big topic, but that's what we love talking about. Yeah. And you know, like you know, like Joel said, if you've got questions, send them in. Um, we're yeah. always happy to help. And um, you know. Yeah, we'll see you next
0: week. Yeah, what, do you know what we're gonna do next week?
1: Uh, not sure yet, Joel. I
0: think I think we're gonna maybe do an interview with someone. So Ooh, we'll see okay. how we'll Surprise see what happens interview. there. Surprise Sounds interview. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. But if you if you missed last week's episode, um, we actually did an interview with Chantel. So we talked to her about her her um, journey in the beauty industry. So make sure you go listen to that one. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening, and yep. we'll see you next
1: week. See you next week.